Hello and welcome to the Edify Podcast. This is designed for you, preacher, teacher, shepherd, deacon of the kingdom of God, for your edification, for your uplifting, for your ministry. Thank you, brother, for those songs. I, I'm glad he didn't sing Ready to Suffer just before I spoke. You know? <laughs> Uh, that's a beautiful song. That, that's a beautiful song. Thank you for leading that. Well, it's a joy for me to get to be here. It's a rare occasion, and it's not that I don't like to or want to. It's generally Thursdays I record television programs, and so it kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. But uh, thank you so much for doing this, and I'm just thankful I have the opportunity uh, to be here today. Yeah, I think about preachers and Brethren, getting together like this, my memory, I, I, and I'll limit this, of course, but, boy, my memory goes back uh, almost 50 years. Uh, 1968, I moved to uh, Detroit, Michigan to preach for the Allen Park Church. I had not been there probably a week or two weeks. One of the brothers called me, and he said, Larry, we have a preacher's luncheon once a month, and he said, I want to take you. And he said, I'll never forget that. He said, I'll buy your lunch today when you leave, you buy mine. And so, at any rate, uh, he left before I did, so I didn't have to buy his lunch. But I went to that luncheon, and, and I'll tell you, I've been to a lot of preachers' luncheons, but the luncheons that we had there for many years, uh, they were great. Most, most of the time, it would be on a Monday, and once a month, most of the time, there would be anywhere from 60 to 80 uh, folks who would be there. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe the wives, uh, I think they were invited. Some of them came. Uh, some of them did not. But uh, what we did, we had, there were two men. Uh, for an example, just take Jake and myself. If Jake and myself this year, it's our responsibility uh, to put everything together every month. Uh, but you... He would fall off one year, that year, and a new one would come. You actually are serving two years. Uh, but at any rate, it was great. But I want to tell you the reason why I tell all that. Uh, Charles Hodge, I don't know if any of you remember Charles Hodge, passed away recently. Charles saved my work as a preacher. I don't go into that detail. Tremendous uh, person, a tremendous preacher, read a book a day uh, for many, many years. But Charles was holding a meeting at uh, the congregation where I preached, Allen Park, so naturally we had him speak at our luncheon. I, I'll never forget the first thing he said. He got up, and he kind of looked out. He, if, if you ever knew him, he's kind of slump-shouldered. Somebody asked him one time, said, Charles, how many degrees you have? He said, well, about 98.6 when I'm normal. And so at any rate, uh, he was just uh, tremendous. But anyway, he looked out all that group, and he said, well, he was an old farmer. Only child. He said, I had check writing privileges from my dad when, from the time I was 10 or 11 years old. But he looked out all that group and he said, this reminds me of a pile of manure. He said, now manure, said you take manure and you spread it out and it does a lot of good, but you get in a pile and it stinks. <laughs> you know, it's a, he just had that kind of a, a sense of humor. Uh, about him, but a uh, very, very fine man. Gosh, I, I loved him very dearly. 
you know, preaching, so many things happened. But anyway, I thought about this young boy. He was dating this girl. In high, they were in high school, and he was dating her. And uh, so her parents, they were pretty strict parents, and they said to their daughter, they said, look, uh, if you're going to date this fella, uh, we want to meet him. We want you to have him, home, have, him up, have him here for dinner. So she told him at school, said, my, my mother's fixing dinner. I want to invite you to dinner. And he said, okay. So that afternoon after school, he went to the local drugstore, and uh, he uh, picked up three boxes of candy. Had a one-pound box, two-pound box, and a three-pound box. He went up to pay for it. Well, it so happened that the pharmacist was happening right there by the register, so he waited on him. And, man, he said, you must be having a party. He said, well, no. He said, my girlfriend's invited me to her house tonight for dinner. And he said, uh, her parents are pretty strict, kind of old fogey-type people. And he said, uh, I'm buying this candy. He said, if, if we can go out and sit on the swing in the porch and she lets me sit close to her and hold her hand i'm gonna give her a one pound box of candy so he said but if she lets me put my arm around her i'm gonna give her the two pound box and he said if she lets me kiss her i'm gonna give her the three pound box pharmacist said well that sounds like a pretty good deal so that night he shows up at the house and man, she had her mother had a spread, fried chicken biscuits, and I mean it was great. So her dad asked the young man, said, "Would you please say the blessing?" Man, he started praying. He prayed fifteen minutes. He prayed twenty minutes. He prayed for thirty minutes, and when he got through, he said, "Amen and amen." His girlfriend looked at him. She said, "You you didn't tell me you was that religious." He said, no, and you didn't tell me your dad was a pharmacist either. So <laughs> you, you never know. If you have a Bible or just in your mind, 2 Timothy chapter number 4. We come to the end of the year, the end of 2020. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring? It could be worse. Who knows? It's kind of like the fellow said, Cheer up, things could be worse, and I cheered up, and sure enough, things got worse. So we, we don't know what's going to take place in 2021. But Paul, I want to give you five things in about six minutes that Paul mentions in this fourth chapter, 2 Timothy, about finishing well. You know, one of the great things, uh, I'm sure your children who... Maybe the end of a semester comes if they're in college or in school or what have you. And, and one of the things that you're interested in, they got that exam. You, how'd you do on that exam? Man, I did great. I finished it good. Whether you're completing a work in a local congregation, you want to finish it well. Whatever you're doing, you want to do it well. And Paul writes to Timothy and he said, Timothy, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead of his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. The time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap them teachers having itching ears. You, you know this passage. And so in this last chapter, the first thing in finishing well 
Paul says, Timothy, you just preach, preach. We need preachers. We need preachers who preach. Years ago, Brother v, uh, G. P. Holt held a meeting where I was preaching. Boy, he was good. He said one, I heard him say during this meeting, he said, we got preacherettes who are preaching sermonettes to Christianettes who smoke cigarettes. <laughs> we need not preacherettes, we need preachers. So in my work and your work, to finish well, let's finish the year with a great message. That last, that last Sunday with a great message. So when you and I look at finishing well, make sure that we're, that we're preaching, not making a talk, but preaching. Second thing in this chapter, I think that he says, that helps us to finish well, and that is uh, have a pattern. And you remember in verse he said, I'm now ready to be offered. The time my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I finished the course. I've kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the righteous judge shall give me on that day, not to me only, but he said uh, to all those that love his appearing. You and I need a pattern. If we're going to finish well, got to have a pattern. Now I know Neil Ritchie, when the former preacher here, was a pilot. If you're going to fly an airplane, there's a pattern. I don't care where you, I don't care what airline, I don't care where you are. The, the the pilot is going to follow a pattern. Years ago, I love flying. I flew. That's beside the point. I used to go to the Detroit Metro Airport, sit on the top deck of the parking lot. At that time, they only had two parallel runways: runway 21 right and left. And I could I had a VHF radio, and I could sit there, and I I'm t I could have sat there all day. I didn't, but. Uh, I love to hear the pilot and the control oh, tower. I love to hear that. They had a pattern. They have a pattern. You fly downwind, you make a base leg and final approach. Every, they all do that. And so Paul said, I fought a good fight. That's a good pattern, isn't it? I fought a good fight. I finished the course. And I've kept the faith. You could not find a better pattern than that. Because when you and I find that pattern and, and do that work, we're going to finish well. Keep in mind, our goal is to finish well. Let me give you a third thing. To finish well, you need prayer warriors. Skip down to verse number 11. Prayer, I call them prayer partners or prayer warriors. He said this in verse number 11, Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. There's a brother that I love dear. I love a lot of the brethren, but this, this guy's special. He, uh, he's been a gospel preacher, an elder. I remember he was, he was appointed an elder several years ago when I was preaching at West Georgia. <laughs> he came up to me. The, we had a special, you know, we had the, Appointed him an elder that day, and we had a dinner and everything. And he came up to me, and he said, you know what? He said, I've only been an elder for an hour, and I already hate preachers. So 
he uh, he's a tremendous guy. When I have a problem, uh, I need to talk to somebody. He's a little bit older than I am, but his wisdom is fantastic. And there's many times that I've we've met somewhere over in Villarica or somewhere and sit down and talked and prayed. And, uh, you need a prayer partner. You need somebody that you can call on, pray with you. I know your elders will do that. That's wonderful to have good elders. You know, I've been preaching I'll be about 60 years, and it's kind of I've worked with about 60 different men over that period of time, elders. And you know, in every one of them, there's been one exception that's beside the point. But those men have been so gracious to me. I call on any one of them. There have been many times, last minute for some reason. So make sure you have a prayer warriors with you. You need that. Maybe your family, maybe a close friend, but have a prayer warrior. So number one, preach. Number two, have a pattern. Number three, have a prayer warrior. Number four, skip down to verse 17. Remember the presence of God. Now, verse 16, if you'll look at verse 16, he said, my first answer, nobody stood with me. Now, he didn't say nobody. That's a Georgia term. My first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. And I pray, God, that that might not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding. Now, we probably don't use that. that you know, we might say in spite of or what have you. But he said, notwithstanding, look, look at this. The Lord stood with me. Always remember the presence of the Lord. Always remember the presence of the Lord. You know, the Bible says, Lo, I am with you always. I remember several years ago, there was a brother up in Chattanooga. Had 21 children. His name was Frank Campbell. Had 21 children. Two wives, I think. 21 children. Campbell's and Acuff intermarried. There's a bunch of Acuffs married to Campbell's. Great family. But Brother Campbell one day was walking down the road. He, I, I don't know if he ever drove. Every time I was with him, my brother and I stopped and picked him up. I don't know what brought up the subject, but we were talking about flying. He said, I ain't ever going to fly. The Bible tells me not to. Lord, I'm with you always. <laughs> the presence of God. Listen to this. He said, I will never leave thee or forsake thee. The brethren might, brethren might, someone else might, but God's not going to do that, folks. If you're going to finish well, you want to remember the presence of God. When I get up to preach, when you get up to preach, when you're teaching a Bible class, remember the presence of God. He's there. And so when you're going to, if you're going to finish well, you want to preach, you want to have a pattern, you want to have prayer warriors, you want to remember the presence of God. And then number five, look at verse number 18. The Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me into his heavenly kingdom. But now notice this next phrase, to him be glory forever and ever. Number five, to finish well, praise God. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. I'm not going to sing. 
But when you and I think about we need to praise God, we need to give Him the glory, and to Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. If you want to read about the glory of God, and I know you do, and you've done this already, go to the book of Revelation. See the glory of God. If we're going to finish well, we want to praise God. We want, we want His glory to be seen, not just... You know, sometimes I thought about... I thought about the preacher. Man, he was man. He was really preaching. There was a boy, a fellow in the audience, got really excited about the sermon. He said, "Praise the Lord!" Deacon got up, went over, and said, "We don't praise the Lord in here." <laughs> you know, sometimes we don't praise the Lord. If we're going to finish well, we need to preach, have a pattern, prayer warriors. Remember the presence of God. Praise God. Thank you.